0: Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Furtinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Furtinsky. You can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just search "heard and 10 or "heard and 10 Podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we say this every week, hit the five stars. Give us that five-star review. It will continue to help us grow. Really appreciate another amazing month of listenership. It continues to rise. I can't thank you all enough keep on listening every single week it really means a lot to me and I really appreciate all of you checking in and tuning in every single week now we have an exciting guest on shortly but before that guest comes on I just want to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Bills preseason schedule it just came out it's got everything out the three games the times everything Before I jump to that, I just want to say you're going to want to stick around for later because we have national NFL sports writer, Greg Bishop from Sports Illustrated joining me. I had an amazing talk with him, so I think you'll all really appreciate it. We covered a whole slew of different topics. We also got some hot takes from Greg, who is a true expert, and he really had some great hot takes about the Buffalo Bills and their upcoming 2021 NFL season. So let's talk about the preseason. If you don't know, there's a 17 game season this year. And because of that, they've actually reduced the preseason games to three. Normally we see four games last season. We saw zero. It's nice to at least have three. I think this is going to change things quite a bit because generally speaking, the preseason is of course been for the players on the bubble to try to make a roster, but it's also been for the starters to brush up and get ready for the NFL season. What's interesting is with only three games, we don't really know who's going to play in each game. Standard would be the third preseason game, the second last preseason game is always the big game for the starters to brush up. It's always the most interesting game because you actually get to see the starters. But this year, because there's only three, it's probably actually going to be the second game that's the big game. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of NFL players or starting NFL players playing in the third week. So the Bills have three games lined up. One, which is August 13th against the Detroit Lions, and it's in Detroit at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then you have the following week, August 21, in Chicago, playing the Bears at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then to close out preseason in their third game will be August 28th, so they're all exactly a week, just over, one of them is just over a week apart. You got the Packers. And it's in Buffalo. So you're going to have the Packers taking on the Bills at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to play in each game. The other question is, are the Bills more hesitant to play their starters because they know that their starters have played together for so many years now? There might be some of that involved. I mean, I personally don't really want to see Josh Allen on the field now. He's obviously going to play a little bit in preseason, but they should really, really keep his snaps to an absolute bare minimum. Because if something were to happen and he were to get injured in preseason, Bill's management would never hear the end of it. And honestly, I don't think he really needs the practice. I I know the practice makes perfect. I get that. And I get that he wants to be out there and playing with other players. But when there's only three games and you now have a 17-game season... You need to be perfectly prepared and you also need to be perfectly safe and not injured and in 100% shape. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of the starters in this preseason for the Bills. Other teams you may see more. I do think the Bills are going to limit the number of snaps their starters take because most of their veteran starters have played together now for at least a season, and a lot of them have now been together for three years. This is now going to be their fourth season together. So they don't necessarily need to all be playing and getting huge snap counts in preseason. I also think there's going to be quite a few battles, and we're going to see those battles in the preseason. And that may even include some starting positions, like cornerback two. I'm still not convinced Either of the guys are going to do it. Between Dane Jackson, who a lot of people are very hopeful about. He's definitely shown some glimpses that he can be a true starter. And then you have incumbent Levi Wallace, who has had his ups and downs. I think for the most part, we could say that he's been okay at best. And is that enough? Opposite Tredavious White. I argue that it's not enough, and that's why the Bills are going to definitely give Dane Jackson a really good look. I think we're going to see a lot of Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace in the preseason, because I think those two are going to be battling out for the starting position. Now, we're obviously going to get some stuff from training camp, but I think a battle like that could go well into preseason, and it could be, honestly, a day or two prior to the first game of the season that they're going to make that decision. So it's going to be interesting. I think that's the main battle we want to focus on. There is, of course, one other battle that's now starting to get some headlines because offensive coordinator Brian Dayball has said that there's going to be a running back competition. He made it very clear that training camp is going to be a huge opportunity for one of the three guys to make some separation. Now, we've gotten some comments saying, what about Christian Wade? Now, I love Christian Wade. Don't get me wrong. I think he could be an NFL player in time. Like an actual starting player. or, Or at the very least, a guy who's getting regular snaps. But that's probably not happening this season. Given that the league is giving the bills again, I think a pass on international players. Christian Wade can be kept on the practice squad and he doesn't actually take up a spot. So I just don't really feel... Good about him actually making the final roster but it's really going to come between the three guys Devin Singletary Zach Moss and of course now free agent acquisition Matt Breda. between those three I don't necessarily know who's going to separate themselves honestly Matt Breda is the best running back of the three or at least he's the most proven running back of the three now he is older And he's had some pretty serious injuries, so it's hard to know if he really can take on that type of starting role. And then you have Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who last season we thought were going to be amazing together as a tandem, but both of them basically fell flat. And I would say I'm probably more hopeful with Zach Moss just because he only had his rookie season and he had a lot of injuries, so maybe he's going to come back healthy now. He's also got the better build, I think, for a starting running back. I think Singletary is a little light, especially because they're both small in in stature. But at least Moss has some weight on Singletary, and he can actually pound through some physical contact. And I'm not convinced that Singletary can take that type of physical abuse throughout a season with 15 to 20 touches a game. I just don't see that happening. So personally, at this moment in time, I think the... Battle is really between Moss and Breda. But I guess I could be surprised and Singletary could show up to training camp and look better than ever. The point here is, there is a battle there. So the two main battles really, I think, to be watching this training camp and preseason is the second cornerback spot, the CB2, and the RB1, the running back one, the starting running back. If the Bills decide to go in that direction, versus, of course, giving a little bit of share to everyone and having a running back by committee. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. That's it for this part of the episode. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get right back, we are going to be talking to Greg Bishop, senior NFL sports writer for Sports Illustrated. Thanks.
1: It's the gift giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have the drive. PlayTheDrive.com. If you miss the drive, you miss the party. PlayTheDrive.com.
0: Hey, Bills Mafia. This has been a crazy year with a lot of changes good changes like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East but this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans if you are a big sports fan like me then you need to join this new sports fan community called playing the field playing the field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle It is a great sports focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubble gum in-app currency. The best part is that right now while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubble gum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. We have an exciting guest here today. I'm super excited to have him on. We've had him on previously. Greg Bishop of Sports Illustrated. The last time Greg was on, he brought so much to the table. It was hard not to want to bring him back. I'm glad we were able to get him in today. Greg, how are you doing today? And tell our listeners where they can find your stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for having me. Uh, Glad to be back. And, you know, most of my archive is on SI.com. Or on my Twitter, uh, Greg Bishop SI, and so you know plenty of NFL stories there, and even trying for a Bills one right now. So
0: awesome, awesome. So Greg, we got the NFL season right around the corner. There's been some news going on in Orchard Park. Couple things that we got to cover here. One being, and and this I believe happened today. There was a little bit of a fight actually between some Bills players. It was between second-year pro A.J. Epinesa, the Bills' defensive end, and it was against guard John Feliciano. Basically, what happened was, and I don't know if you know or not, A.J. Epinesa picked off Josh Allen during practice, and he decided to march the ball all the way back to the end zone to gloat. And Feliciano didn't like that. There were some punches thrown. Apparently, everything's fine. But I want to get your take on this just because – To me, this shows that the Bills players are in mid-season shape. If they're that emotional now in OTAs, I think that's a really good sign and it sets a really tough and hard-nosed attitude going into training camp. Do you think this is probably a good thing that they're already getting some of those emotions out?
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. You know, To me, like the the story I've been trying to do on the Bills that I did some reporting on last uh, January is about their offensive line. And to me, they're very indicative of the team and the way it's changed the last couple of years. And my understanding is Feliciano in particular is like a, you know, a, a mean sort of dude. Like, you know, he brings that edge to the way he plays. His teammates consider him that kind of guy. And I think when you look at a team like Buffalo, to me, the line and the way they, their sort of ethos is, is very important because you're looking at a team that played in the shadow of the Patriots for two decades, that now looks to be on the precipice of potentially winning a Super Bowl. But there's that, you know, that, that pesky team in Kansas City in the way. And I think for the Bills to go from like a team laden with potential, a team that's built the right way to something greater, you know, that kind of edge will be necessary. So I'm not advocating for fighting kids, but I don't think it hurts to, you know, to have a little bit of that. We're like, okay, we're going to need to take this to another level in order to go to another level, you know, next year.
0: Yeah. You got to have that toughness, right? Sure. You don't want to see players fighting, but it also shows that they care. There's clearly a passion. And we know that with Feliciano, the guy has been a passionate player since day one, and he shows it both on the field and off the field. And, maybe this sets a precedent for the rest of the line. Because like you said, the offensive line is going to be key. No matter how good Josh Allen is, he is limited by how well the protection is in passing situations and even in run situations, but specifically pass situations. And if you don't have a tough front, if you don't have a front that's willing to go the distance for Josh Allen to do anything to protect their quarterback, It's going to be very hard to take on, like you said, a pesky team in the Kansas city chiefs. And I think you're going to need that down the road. If you want to become a perennial super bowl contender, you have to be tough. When you look at the way the Patriots were built, no matter what they did, no matter how many savings they made, they always had a very strong offensive line. And that's really where everything begins without a strong offensive line and specifically a very tough and hard-nosed offensive line, it's very difficult to win regularly in the NFL. I want to cover something else here, and it's it's related to training camp, and that's that the Bills have announced that, once again, because of COVID and maybe some other stuff that they're not mentioning, the Bills are not going to be going to St. John Fisher for their usual training camp. They're going to be doing it at home at orchard park in their training facility. It's an interesting one because yes, we have COVID and yes, there's some limitations there, but I also understand the positive piece of having everyone living together in dorms. That is not something they're going to have this season. Everyone at the end of the day gets to go home, sleep in their own bed. Do you think it's a good thing? A bad thing? Does it really matter where they're practicing? I don't know. I mean, the team is obviously really good at this point. They're obviously a really talented team, but does it help to get them living together at St. John Fisher to take them to that next level?
1: You know, uh, you know, my, my, my instinct there is that it's not that big a deal. I would say though, that like, I love St. John Fisher. I'm going to date myself here, but I was an intern at the Buffalo news in 2001 And I remember one of my first days they sent me there and it was the day that Corey Stringer had passed the day after. And I just remember being there for a week and sort of sensing the energy of the fans, how much they cared about him and the players um, and just the uniqueness of the atmosphere. So I don't think that that hurts, right? Like you go away, you have some team bonding. It's very like, remember the Titans-y. And I I think that there is value in that. But I, I think for a team like this, that's loaded with veterans, that's mostly been together for a couple of years, you know, that gets ready for a game every week without living together the, you know, the way that they would in training camp. I don't see it as having a huge impact. I think it's something that would be nice if possible, but you know, where we are with COVID-19 and the global pandemic, I think it's smart to be as smart as possible. I, I don't, I'm not sure there's such thing as too safe these days.
0: Yeah. Look, I think that makes sense, right? You, you have a situation where in the absolute perfect world, you have the bills leaving their families staying in those rough dorm rooms at St. John Fisher. I hope I'm not offending anyone, but you know, they're professional players, but it's kind of putting them in that rough situation can really be good for them. Now they're not going to get that opportunity, but like you said, because this team has been built over the last few years and the majority of their core is now entering their third, fourth, fifth seasons, They've been through it before. They know what it takes. I think there's something lost for the rookies more than anyone else, to be honest. And I think that they're missing something. But at the same time, the veterans you hope will take them under their wing and let them develop that way. And it seems like the rookies that have come in are going to work their butt off because already the reviews about them, particularly in the bills, Gregory Rousseau, have been very positive. Everyone has said really good things about him. He's learning really quickly and anything they basically throw at him, he's handling really well. I don't know if you have an opinion on Rousseau or what you thought of the pick, or if you think he really has potential to do any damage this season.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair question. You know, to me, he's a guy that was one of the better edge rushers in the draft and I think there was some talk that I remember of him potentially going higher than 30th overall. So I do think he can step in and play right away. But the other thing I would say is that this is a team that really needed help in two places, right? On the offensive line, which you mentioned earlier, and getting to the quarterback, you know, which you mentioned recently. And you look at their first four picks, you got two tackles and and two edge rushers. And I think that they – win after those things specifically. You know, to me, the Bills are a team without a lot of holes. You got a great quarterback, you got a great offensive skill guys, you have a developing line, and you have a defense that's played really well for a few years. And so to me, this was the perfect marriage of, you know, need and picks. And I do think that you're gonna see an impact from some of these folks, you know, right away.
0: He's entering a system that hopefully can develop him. It's It's an interesting one because the Bills, although they have such a great franchise right now and management is so excellent, they actually haven't been particularly good at developing defensive linemen. But I'm on the same page as you. I think Rousseau might be, like you said, the perfect marriage. He seems like the type of guy that would actually be relatively easy to develop. Although he's raw, he's clearly a fast learner. For those of you who don't know, I've mentioned this previously a while ago, but Rousseau actually only played one season as a defensive end in his entire lifetime. In high school, he was a wide receiver. So clearly he can pick things up really quickly. And honestly, that's probably what he's going to need to do. He's going to be surrounded by veteran players who have been doing this for decades. And I'm hopeful that that combination with the strong coaching staff will allow Rousseau to really prosper and maybe have a quicker start to his career than someone like Ed Oliver, who, of course, has taken quite a while to develop. And I would argue he still really hasn't proven yet that he can even be a true starting defensive tackle. Now that takes me to the other side of the field, and that's the offensive side of the field. And we're looking at the tight ends room. And I talked about this last week. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Zach Ertz has still not been traded to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I'm hopeful that that will happen. But in the meantime, we need to look at who's going to be leading this pack. And it could be Dawson Knox. It could be Jacob Hollister. I want to note something that Knox actually went for some unique training in the offseason, specifically working with a vision specialist. He talked about it, that there were just too many situations where He should have caught the ball. He wasn't even pressured. It wasn't fighting for the ball. He would be wide open in the end zone and we'd see him drop a touchdown. And he doesn't want to do that anymore. He does not want to disappoint anymore. Do you think that seeing someone like a vision specialist working on his hand-eye coordination could really make that big of a difference and allow him to finally take that leap forward that I think we were hoping he would take after his impressive rookie season? Uh, I
1: I think you hit on a couple important and related points there you know and to me when I look at that position group in Buffalo specifically I think they do need an upgrade I think I would be on the phone if I'm Brandon Bean you know doing what I can to get Zecherts for as cheap as possible you know given some of the recent injuries and I think if you add a piece like that you're looking at a team that's really got no offensive flaw and so I do think that that improvement can happen between the season. I do think you saw some promise, you know, from him specifically last year. But if I'm Buffalo and I'm looking at this as like a year when I can make a real Super Bowl run, which I do believe they're capable of, you know, to me, I think they need more help than they have in the building right now.
0: Yeah, the tight ends room is definitely thin at this point. And look, if they don't get Ertz, if they don't do anything at all, I guess we all just have to cross our fingers And hope that Dawson Knox is that answer. I mean, it's interesting with him because you've seen some ups and downs. There's no question he has the skill set to be a top tier tight end. But unfortunately, he just can't seem to put it together consistently. And I know that that's an issue for a lot of tight ends, specifically young ones that are still learning the system. And maybe this is the final year he can take that step forward. I think the only reason they don't go and grab a guy like Ertz is if somehow they don't make the trade in the next couple of weeks and Dawson Knox just shows up and blows the top off and just looks unbelievable over training camp. But other than that, I really think you got to figure they really got to be gunning for a guy like Ertz who I've said this so many times, he could change the offense. He would make this offense fantastic you'd make it probably stronger than kansas city and that's a big thing to say and that's going to lead me to my final point here which is hot takes i'm curious to know if you have any big hot takes related to the bills if you don't that's fine just curious to know if you have anything out there that you could just throw at the board
1: yeah well i'll go big here why not um i think the buffalo bills are one of Two or three teams that have a very good chance to win the Super Bowl next season. It would not surprise me at all if we are talking in February about my eighth Super Bowl cover story that focuses on Buffalo. I think that is well within reach.
0: Look, I hope that is the hottest take. And I really hope that it's true. And to be honest, we know it's possible. We know the Bills are a top tier team. We just don't know if they can get through that final stage, that Kansas city chiefs team, because that's where it's going to go through. And look, if they do beat them, you better believe the bills could be, and maybe will be the favorite in the super bowl. So Greg, thank you so much for coming on. I love that hot take. I think it's a great positive way to close out this episode. Again, if anyone wants to check him out, go to SI.com or check him out on Twitter at Greg Bishop SI of course. He writes for sports illustrated. And like he mentioned, he always has a yearly cover that he puts out. So keep your eyes out for that. Cause maybe it's going to be about the bills, Greg. Thank you so much and go bills.
1: Anytime. Thank you for having me.